the White House announced that President Trump had commuted the prison sentence of Ted Sewell, a former operator of a behavioral health company in Arkansas. When when Teddy choked me, I called him and Sheila in the mall as well. Teddy had a way of talking down to us and being very disrespectful. They just tackled this dude. And like he hits his head on the concrete and, and like busted, he's bleeding a little bit. He's like, dude, like why would they do that to me? And I was like, dude, I don't like I'm just like shell shocked, you know, I'm like I don't know. <laughs> so when I started telling him I knew about him and Sheila and he was sneaking around all that, he comes around the car and pushes me up against the pole up under the car porch and chokes me. And when he does that, I kick him in his thing and we're fighting at that point. He was convicted on bribery and fraudulent charges in July of 2016. The White House said Trump's decision to commute Sewell's sentence was influenced by former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee and former U.S. Attorney Bud Cummins. And uh, he pretty much grabbed the kid out of the chair, uh, jumped on him, grabbed him out of the chair, knocked him to the floor, and desks went everywhere. They ended up under the teacher's desk, and I heard, which was about like eight, ten feet away. And I heard what I thought at the time was probably a pencil snap, but it turned out to be the kid's arm. I do know that it was made out to be the kid's fault. See, I had to, I had to write up a report also of what happened. But when they read my report, they asked me to change it. Charlie warned us not to talk to anybody about anything at the ranch and to say everything was good because Ricky would be taken back to his drug-addicted mother and would probably die. I got called up to the office to be on a phone call with somebody, I, I don't remember the guy's name, and they were asking us questions about it. <clears throat> well, when I, they had a copy of my report about what happened there. It wasn't my report. It was a typewritten report, not the handwritten one I had. My, it, it had my signature on it. Yes, they had copied my signature. It was a photocopy. The whole thing was a photocopy of it. Hey, it's Ryan. I get nervous on the phone, too. I don't know how I ended up interviewing people. It's crazy. <laughs> I usually think I have to call everybody for me. I know I love texting. Texting is so much better. But uh, nobody likes to listen to text messages on their phone. They love the old podcast. So we'll try to make it uh, palatable for everybody, I guess, huh? Yeah. Oh, sipping coffee over here. Um, so uh, what years were you at the ranch? I was 13 and 14 whenever I went. So I do believe the years were 2022. Or 2012 and 2013. 2012, 2013. Okay. All right. So you were there. It was called Trinity at the time then, yeah? Yes. Okay. I've talked to a couple of people that were there in the past few days or there around that time. Were you there when the FBI uh, raided the place? No. Oh, okay. I just I just got the phone with somebody earlier who, who was there when the FBI came. It was like, I guess it was during breakfast. 12 FBI vans just sped down Old Burr. And they went to the main office and they were carrying out a bunch of boxes of evidence. It's like, wow. <laughs> like, this oh, place wow. has nothing to hide, right? <laughs> so overall, 
generally speaking, how would you describe your experience at the ranch? I mean, everybody has a different opinion. What would you say uh, about your experience? Did it meet your expectations? Uh, Was it different than what you expected? You know, stuff like that. Well, I, I don't know why everybody else got put in there, what reasons, but I was in there because I have, I had a lot of like mental health problems I had to deal with as a child because of, you know, some home life issues. And I was supposed to be in there to get treated for all this stuff. And they didn't really treat me. They just pumped me full of a whole bunch of medication and just (laughs) stuck me in a room. (laughs) Oh, they treated you. They just treated you like garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. I was actually misbehaved, so I kind of belonged there. But I've I, I have heard that story where people, you know, they have certain issues. Where I've heard of uh, girls going there because they were, you know, getting molested at home and they needed some sort of foster care. But then they end up basically receiving the same treatment at the ranch from certain staff members, and um, that's just sickening to me because everyone always talks about this place and they mention it as if it's like it's a juvenile prison. But that's not necessarily the case. There are people there that are being treated. There are people there who need a place to stay. It can be that it can be a shelter. But everybody gets treated basically on the same playing field. So you're basically treated like you're a prisoner in in, in some sense. You know what I mean? Like it seems like a lot. Of, that's I mean I guess that's how I interpreted it. For me, I, granted, I was there in 04 and 05. I don't know what. 2012 2013 would have been like dude it wasn't fun (laughs) it honestly i've been to juvie before not necessarily because i've done anything bad but i ran away from a home i was in and i had to go there over the weekend till they could come and pick me up and i got treated better in the juvie than i did at trinity really yeah (laughs) yeah how so what what was what was worse about trinity than juvie if you had to put it into words. Being locked in the rooms. Hmm. The ones they put you in whenever you act up. I'm not sure if the boys' houses had those. I heard, I've heard about those. Those confined rooms with like the two-inch window and a mirror and stuff like that. Sorry. I think they, they took the mirror out of the house I was in. It was just plain white room. Oh, Okay. But yeah, the window on the door so they could watch you. Jeez. Yeah, that sounds nice. Was it a padded room or how would you describe it? Yeah, it was it was just a solid white room. Like it had carpet on the floor, but that was it. There was nothing in that room. It was basically a glorified closet that had absolutely nothing in it. How small would you say it was? Mm-hmm. Like can you could like could you stretch your arms out on both sides all the way? I think it was a little bit bigger than that just because I was a small person. Oh, okay. So for some people, they might not be able to do that. No, they wouldn't. Wow. And And the staff took great pleasure in half of the time they'd go in there and taunt you through the window or they turn the light off on you. I got left in there overnight one time. You were left in there overnight? Yeah. Did you have a pillow or a you know, a blanket no. or anything? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So what were you wearing? Did you just have a t-shirt and like some sweatpants on or? I had on my shirt, my jeans from the day. You were wearing jeans? Oh God, that had been uncomfortable. 
it wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sleeping in jeans sucks as it is. Like the only time I've ever slept in jeans is when I've gotten like way too hammered and I wake up and my jeans are <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> but never at a treatment facility. Actually, it's interesting that place. Uh, I remember the beds that they gave us, they gave us these really thin blankets. I didn't like how thin the blankets were. So I, w- I would wear a hoodie to bed to keep me warm. I still have that habit now where I have to wear a hoodie to bed. I just took it with me. So anytime I, I, I dated a couple of different girls after the facility, after the ranch. And um, they always thought it was so weird that I would have to throw a hoodie on before I go to sleep. And I just tell them the story. I'd be like, I, I just, I just got used to it. And now it's like my comfort zone. I don't know how to explain it. It's just <laughs> something I got used to. And I don't, I don't know. So like, even if the house is hot, I'm like, all right, let's get the AC going. Let's get it cold enough so I can put my hoodie on. And <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of the things that I picked up from there. But, man, I can't believe they left you in there all night. Did you ever see them do that to anybody else? They did it to a, one of the other girls because she was gay and got caught doing stuff with another girl. Mm, I see because she was gay. So, so they, they are basically just pissed off at her sexual preference. It probably wasn't as big of a, I mean, who cares? Yeah. I just, they, oh my God. That place was just so nightmarish. It was, it was rough. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they just straight up loved to humiliate people while they were there was, it made it worse. That was the thing. It seemed like they, they took, like, uh, no, I was on the guy side, so I had, I had I dealt with some different staff members, and I, I didn't really work with the female staff members all that much. But the male staff members that I dealt with, it seemed like they took a great deal of pleasure in slamming us and being able to utilize violence, and 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 they would, and that's why they would do it when we would talk back, as opposed to actually needing to restrain us. You know what I mean? You're supposed to use violence as a, it's it's a last resort, and the violence that you're supposed to use is pretty much just restraint. Where I heard like Tyree Davis, I heard he punched this one girl in the head because she punched him in the head, and Tyree Davis was a former NFL football player. He was a wide receiver, and this girl couldn't have been more than 120 pounds. She was a, she was just, she was a little thing, and I, I mean. I wouldn't want to get punched in the head by Tyree Davis. The way that that place functioned, I can't believe that they got away with it for so long and that nobody still has ever been prosecuted for any abuse. Ted went to jail for some white-collar crime, but there was never any type of abuse charges that I'm aware of, any sexual abuse or physical. I'd say that's, that's one thing I don't understand is, you know, as many people as it happened to, I don't know if nobody just talked about it after it happened. I, I didn't talk. I talked to my grandma, but it had been after the place had already shut down. Right. I know that one of the big problems with it is the statute of limitations for physical abuse. You have three years to do something about it. And as a kid, you're not going to know that law. You're just not. And you're not even going to realize what your options are. You know, I mean, it's so... Now that we're grown up, we can look back and go, oh, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. That person should be taken to court and they should face the consequences. But, 
oh, it's been more than three years, so now they can just go on with their lives and yeah, they didn't. Like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Oh, oh, you broke that kid's arm. Oh, when was it? Oh, it was over three years ago. Sorry, can't do anything. Like I, I think it's completely, it's outrageous, and that's actually something that me and Sammy have talked about is um, increasing that statute of limitations, particularly in treatment facilities. You know what I mean? Like even if yeah. even if it was only in a treatment facility, because these people are at work. And they're harming children. And we have three years to get it figured out and to do something about it. And we don't even know. It's not like they start the clock in front of us and we're well aware right away. You know? I mean, I, and half of the time, even if you are, who's going to believe a kid over an adult? Bingo. That was a thing. That was one of the worst parts about it. And that is, is nobody believed. They would always say, well... He or she, they just want to get out early. They're lying because they want to leave early. They don't want to be here. So they're making up these stories so they can just get out, you know? See, and I didn't even, I I got out three months after I was originally supposed to. And the only reason I got out is because my mom and my grandma ended up setting up a court date with the judge that they didn't notify Trinity about. Really? Now, how did that work? What do you, what do you mean they set up a court date? I'm, I'm I'm just trying. They, they met with the. They got a hold and, of my caseworker from court mm-hmm. and asked if they could set up a court date with just them and not involve me in it, so they could talk about me with just the judge and my caseworker. Mm-hmm. And the judge told them they could come at the next court hearing, which they didn't tell Trinity about, so that way they didn't show up. And they just went in like they were supposed to go to court, you know, with everybody else. I don't know if you've ever been to the Pocahontas courthouse before, but they just hold everybody in the same. You gotta listen to everybody's court story there. So I gotcha. Whenever it was my mom and my grandma's turn to come up, they asked if I could come home because I'd been in there longer than I was supposed to. And the judge didn't even know I was in there as long as I was. He thought I was already at home. Oh, wow. And so they told my mom and my grandma that they could go ahead and get me. Well, they still didn't even get me right away because they wouldn't let them get me. I didn't even know they had showed up the first time to get me. They wouldn't let them on a property to come and get me. They told them they had to leave. Really? So my grandma ended up coming back with the cops and a lawyer and the court order to be able to get me out. What did they say to that? I, would have I have no idea what on their faces. I had no idea what happened. You know, whenever they came down the road, it was just my mom. My grandma had already went back home and the cops had already left by the time they got there. But my mom and my grandma were telling me. They looked really upset. They were really pissed off. Good. <laughs> it's those little victories. I remember Tyree, he used to, I'd be sitting there talking to somebody and um, he'd call me over and he'd say, what are you guys talking about? And then, you know, if we were talking about anything bad, we'd have to make something up. And he'd say, okay, I want you to face the other way. And I'm going to call him over and ask what you guys are talking about. And it better match. Well, that happened. And uh, it started happening frequently enough that we decided that we were going to have a go-to story for what we were talking about. uh, That we would both say every time. And um, in this case, I decided it was going to be that we were talking about our dads. Just discussing how our dads were. And uh, so Tyree calls me over. 
He's like, Brian, come here. Calls me over and I start walking over there and I turn and I look at Liddell and I say, Liddell, our dads. He just nods his head. Tyree doesn't really pick up on that though because he's far away and he's far enough away. I walk up to him and he goes, what are you guys talking about over there? I was like, oh, we're just talking about our dads. Like, what about your dads? I was like, oh, I was just talking about how my dad, you know, committed suicide when I was younger and how, you know, he, he's not really close to his dad. His dad's in prison. And he's like, I'm going to call him over and he's going to tell me something different. He said, I want you to face that way. I go, okay. So I turn, I face the other direction. He calls, this guy calls Liddell over. He asked him, he says, uh, <laughs> Because what were you guys talking about? And he just goes, our dads. And all I could do was smile. And I had the biggest grin on my face. And since he had me facing the other direction, he couldn't see my snarky grin. And I was so happy because he just sat there in silence. Like he didn't know what to do. He's like, but that wasn't all you were talking about, was it? Like he, like he, he had just been completely. Like you're gonna defeated. own up to it. Like, like he just got completely defeated at that point. Like, no, dude, you lost. We were prepared this time, you asshole. <laughs> so that was a that was a good moment, and that was a good moment in my stay. I was I was really happy to put him in his place there. I don't think we ever had anything like that whenever I was there, but I know we weren't allowed to talk about our past with anybody, like anything from our home life or anything. We were only allowed to talk about our lives inside the place. See, that doesn't make any sense to me because you're working on so you're working on your past and you're working through issues in your past. Why can't you talk about them? Save that for your. They therapy. didn't want us making friends. That was their exact reasoning. We were not there to make friends. Right, you're there to make misery. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I, you, okay, you're not. We're not here to make friends. You're not here to make friends either. Maybe you shouldn't talk to any of the staff about any personal stuff. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Just, it frustrates me so much. It, it's like they're just they intentionally make it as miserable as possible. It's like, can we just? I'm here for treatment. I'm not here necessarily. Like this isn't jail. This is a treatment facility. It's not what you guys are making it out to be, you know? And then you pile on top of that the violence and everything else. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, it really is. Now, y'all, you said y'all were there whenever it was called the Lord's Ranch, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Were y'all there around the time that the kid died? I wasn't there when the kid died. I believe that was in, like, 1995. And uh, I found the name of the one that survived. I actually was, I I wanted to reach out to him and kind of hear his story about it. I believe he was 15 years old at the time and the other one was like 17. But, um, because yeah, I always always thought that was a very peculiar story. That was something that really caught my attention. Yeah, my grandma was the one that told me about it because she didn't want me going there, but she didn't have custody of me, so she couldn't say anything really in court at the time. It was my mom, and my mom wanted me to get help, so she didn't really listen to my grandma because she thought my grandma was just trying to keep me home. Um, so, wait, how long were you there? I was there for a little over a year. Okay. So, we were there somewhere. I, I was there for like, I was there for 11 months. You were there a little longer than I was. Um, so, 
What kind of violence did you see from the staff members? If like if we're talking about, you know, we talked about the, I guess there's mental abuse, there's physical abuse, and there's sexual abuse. Do you have any examples of any of those? For the mental abuse, I would say it was probably leaving you in that room all night. I mean, for sure, that's got to be mental abuse. I mean, I've seen the... Sorry. I've dealt with the mental and the physical, not really the sexual. I don't know. By that time, we had a lot of female house parents, and we also, you know, we weren't really allowed to socialize. So if it was happening, we didn't really get to talk to each other about it. I gotcha. Wow, they, they, they made it that hard for you guys to socialize? Yeah, if we if we did, we got in trouble. Can you give me an example of what you mean by that? So, like, let's say you're talking, let's say you owned horses back at home. And you say, yeah, I have two Clydesdales, and I, I feed them carrots. That's their favorite food. Would they get mad at you for saying something like that? They'd warn us as long as it wasn't too much. I'm not sure what they considered too much, but that's always what they tell us. Is that, well, that's not too much, but you still don't need to be talking about your past. Wow. Because I, I, I've been to places where they'll say um, no war stories. And that was when we would talk about times where we got in trouble. But to just completely disregard your past in its entirety, that's new to me. That, I mean, I don't, I don't think they did that when I was there. I mean, that was a new that – was, that, that was something new. I mean, and, and they were always changing things. It's like I talked to a girl that was there in the 90s, and she's like, did they let you close the bathroom door when you were there? And I was like, uh, yes. She's like, oh, we couldn't do that. I was like, you couldn't close the bathroom door? She's like, no. I was like, did it have a stall? Like, what kind of bathroom was it? And she's like, no, it was like a regular house bathroom. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. They didn't have the doors on the bathrooms whenever I was there. They didn't have doors on the bathrooms? No. Where were the bathrooms in relation to every everything else where people would like, you know, hang out like the living area, like the living space? Uh so in the three girls' houses, the living space is like the very middle of the room. All the bedrooms are around it. The cleaning laundry room was like right by the front door. The bathroom was right beside that. Okay. So everything was, you know, circular around the living room. So if anybody was in the living room during shower time, they'd be able to see you. And you couldn't hang up a blanket or anything over it? Like you couldn't like get some thumbtacks? Just the shower curtain. That's the only thing you had in between you and people seeing you was the shower curtain. So was the toilet visible from the living space? I don't think it was. Okay. I think it was just the shower that you could see from the door. But even still, I mean, that would just be so uncomfortable. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that. That is ridiculous. So they just completely removed the door. Yes. Like you could tell it used to have been there because you could see where the hinges used to be. Sure. But it was, it was, it was gone. So, can you describe what it looked like? Like, okay, so I, wa- I walk into this bathroom with no door, and to my left, is there a sink, or 
Okay, so whatever you first walk in, it's directly in front of you is going to be the shower, and then right beside that's the toilet, and across from that is where the sink is. Okay, so that sounds like kind of a small bathroom. Is, is that accurate? It's pretty tight? Yeah. Okay, and then I guess where the toilet was, there was maybe a wall or something that kind of came up to it? Like, Just where the shower, the wall of the shower was. The wall of the shower was, okay. Wow. That is ridiculous. That, that'd be like my, that'd be my first complaint right off the bat. Like, you gotta be kidding me. How many months do I have to like this? It, it's not like you could tell anybody, because anytime you tried to talk about it, you'd either get your phone privileges taken away, or if you were writing letters about it, they'd just shred up the letters and not even send them out. Wow. They shred them in front of you ever? I think they shred them in front of you every single time so that you know what you did wrong. Really? I stopped writing letters. I None of mine ever got sent out because every time I tell them I was depressed, they wouldn't let me send them. So they would read all your letters, and anytime you said anything negative about your experience there, they were just like, nope. Exactly. Huh. Nothing bad could be said. And you can't, you can't say, even if it has nothing to do with that place, you can't have any, like, you have to act like you're absolutely 100% happy. Oh, my God. I am so glad that place got shut down. I swear if if Sarah Huckabee gets elected and helps Ted Soul get that place up and running again, I'm going to just bombard everybody with this podcast. <laughs> just, uh, we, like, we need to get the word out there. It's, it's terrible. And the thing is, as, as terrible as it was at the ranch, this is something that happens all over the country. There are different places and, you know, there's different ways that they're abusive or just awful. But, I mean, good God almighty, I mean, I just can't believe that they would treat you that way. And you were there for a little over a year. Now, what's it like coming out of there? When you first leave the ranch, how weird does it feel? How old were you when you got out at uh, first? I was 14. Okay, so you're 14 years old. So were you in eighth grade or a freshman? Uh, 14, I was in eighth grade. Okay. I know if you're 14 going on 15 pretty soon or how that, okay. But, uh, January is my birthday, so it's pretty early in the year. Oh, I got you. I'm a November guy. <laughs> um, okay. So you get out and did you just, did you, did you go back to your regular school? Yeah, I went back to Pocahontas High. Was that and the only was that the weird? only reason? Sorry. Oh no, yeah, it's okay. Go ahead. Continue. I was gonna say the only reason I remember the exact date I got out was because it was my brother's birthday, and the first thing he told me, because me and my brother did not get along back then, he looked at me and he said, "This is the worst birthday present ever." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me and my sister. I was like, well, I'm not going back, so yeah, you're stuck with me. Yeah, I'm not taking this gift back. <laughs> so um, I know for me when I got out, I felt like the time that you went to the facility and the time that I went to the facility were at very impressionable ages. And things change rapidly. People are hitting puberty um, that, you know, they, they, they all, every, everybody starts to change. They start to become who they are 
or what they're going to be as an adult. At least that's how I always felt. And when I came back, I didn't know how to conduct myself when I would see my friends because the facility was so different from what I was used to for one. And I had adapted to, I guess, behaving in such a way that I could get by in the facility. And then I was like, okay, I'm not in the facility anymore. How did I used to do things? How did I used to conduct myself? And I, I always felt like I needed to, uh, I don't know, just make sure that I didn't seem any different. Like I, like I didn't, like I, I, like I hadn't been messed up by this place because I felt like I had been messed up by that place. Did you ever have any trouble with that going back to school and just kind of feeling out of place or? feeling weird that you could close a door and you're like, wow, this is like, like it just, it's, it's a lot to take in. At least it was for me. I actually, I had stopped talking to everybody by the time I got out. I didn't talk to anybody. I was dating some boy that I was with in high school and I actually broke up with him the moment I got out just because I didn't, I didn't know how to talk to him anymore. I wasn't, you know, you're not allowed to talk to boys and, and there at all. You're not even allowed to look at them. Right. And so at that point, I was just like, you know, I'm not even going to, I don't even know how to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in like a year. I don't know if I could talk to you. I don't even know if I could look at you right now. Like, and not just because, you know, I couldn't look at them there. It's just thinking the way they would treat us if we did something that we weren't supposed to do. It's the way they programmed you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that's how I, I was, it was so weird talking to girls when I got out. And I remember, and I got a girlfriend, and I was so excited to have a girlfriend. I hadn't dated since, like, eighth grade, and I was, um, so this is my first girlfriend, because I went to two different facilities. When I finally got a girlfriend, I was a senior, <laughs> and I was so excited. And uh, she ended up cheating on me, and it just broke my heart. And uh, But, I mean, it took a really long time. I mean, I was a senior before I ever dated again. So, uh, you know, it it took me so long to finally, I don't know, to, just to be able to interact with people and feel normal, feel like it was a normal conversation and not second-guessing myself all the time. Because everyone else had been free. They didn't have any new programming or anything. They might have been different in some ways, but they were different in ways that made sense because they had been free while I had been in this weird religious boot camp you know i mean that's yeah. how i felt that's I mean, it's it, and that kind of sounds like that's kind of what you were going through i mean if you broke up with your boyfriend because you felt like you couldn't even talk to him it just sounds like you were just it's almost like you just felt like you couldn't you, you like lose track of how to interact with people if that makes any sense it, it kind of does like, after I got out, the only thing I really did was stay in my room. Yeah. It was hard for me to leave my room. What time of the year was it? So you said it was I your brother's had, birthday. So what? what it you, was December 29th. Okay, so school was then. So it wasn't like summer vacation or anything. So you had to go to school mm. when you got out. I did. Oh, boy. I'm sure that was difficult. To be completely honest... About a year after I got out, I don't really remember anything that happened because they had upped my dose right before I got out yeah. on my medicine. And I was on an antipsychotic. So 
it basically, I don't remember a lot of what had happened. It, it, it made me act like a zombie. Really? Wow. I found out later whenever I had went to an actual mental health place, uh, in Little Rock a hospital up there that the dosage they had me on, on this antipsychotic was only meant like that dosage and higher was only meant for people that were 18 adults. I see. So you had a uh, underqualified people giving out dosages too. surprise, surprise. I mean, th- th- they, they just, it seems like any, it seems like every story I get about that place it always boils down to the people being underqualified. You know what I mean? Like they just, they didn't, I just feel like a lot of the people there didn't know what they were doing. They just came at a cheap price and they hired them on. And basically did what they wanted them to do. Yeah. Yeah. The pushovers and whatnot. And don't get me wrong. Some of the staff members were nice. Like I didn't, I didn't hate every single staff member. Would I go and hang out with them on my free time? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hang out with any of those people in my free time, but I can also still say that they were, you know, they were, they were nice enough at their job and they treated me like a human being. And, uh, that wasn't always the case. That was actually rarely the case with a lot of the staff members. Yeah. They, the way they just immediately resort to using the restraint techniques that they were taught to use on us. Right. I mean, they weren't even really restraints. I mean, they tackle you from across the house, across the yard. They do absolutely anything they could, yeah, like throw you over furniture, or just punch people, slam them into dressers, all sorts of stuff. Just anything to get them where they wanted them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And nobody, and, and you try to tell that. Like, can you imagine how it sounded to people when I said, oh, yeah, there was a guy who used to play in the NFL and. He threatened me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling all these stories and people are like, there's like, what? And where were you? It, and, it sounds absolutely crazy. Right. Like, and people in Arkansas don't even really know about Warm Springs, Arkansas. So I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you, but I swear here, I, I Googled Tyree Davis. I was like, that's the guy. That's the guy that threatened me. And it's just, but yeah, nobody believes you, particularly when you're a kid. Now that we're grown up and, you know, it's been so long, we can finally say, yeah, you know. That wasn't lying. This happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I told you all that stuff, it was real. I wasn't lying. It happened. Yeah. It feels exactly. like a fever dream, but yeah. it really happened. That was one of the first things I said to my mom when I got out of the place. I was like, so you remember when they said that I was just trying to get out early when I said they beat us there? She's like, yeah. I was like, no, they beat us there. I wasn't lying, but it's good to be home. And she just was like, it's great to be home. <laughs> but she's, uh, I mean, she felt so guilty. I, I actually kind of feel bad for her because, she, I mean, they were con artists. You know what I mean? They made it seem like, like the website, the pamphlet, all of that. They made it seem like they were such a great place. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 all the hospitals would just quote the superlatives about the place. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know how many people were actually investigating, but like, for in my situation, I came down from Alaska. Nobody from Alaska came and investigated this place. The only thing they confirmed is that they were licensed in Arkansas. That was good enough for them. And then all those issues came up. And, I mean, it it was just, I I just couldn't believe. I'm like, you're giving them how much money? And you don't even know. You you just read a pamphlet or looked on a website. 
and looked at these cheap photographs. It looks like they were taken by like a disposable camera. And you're just going to say, okay, yeah, we're sending the kids there. Here's your thousands and thousands of dollars. And never got positive feedback. But of course, the kids were always lying. All the kids were lying. They were all just a bunch of troubled kids. And they were lying about everything. See, at that point, one of the biggest things that my mom loved about the place was the fact that we were supposed to take care of horses while we were there. She thought that would help me so much because that's what I would do at my grandma's house. Oh, really? There were absolutely no horses there by the time I was there. Really? There were none. That's bizarre. There were horses when I was there. They had, every so often, one of his family members would bring out one of the Shetland ponies. Mm -hmm. But she wouldn't bring it out for the kids we would just happen to see it in the field because she was just bringing it out while they were doing something with her barn so you never got to really interact with it or anything no wow now animals animals are so they're very therapeutic like you can't i mean i I would have a terrible day at work and come home and then my dogs go crazy when i come home and they get excited to see me and it just puts a smile on my face no matter what i mean Ugh, for them to take that away, I mean, it just seems like they were just trying to just pick every possible piece of joy that you could have and remove it from that facility. I mean, really, it's what it seems like. I mean, it really did. I had an aunt that was working in the kitchen and she didn't realize that I was in there and I didn't realize it was her. And she, in a, she ended up saying something about it whenever she recognized me one day, whenever I was getting my lunch in line and they fired her after that. Really? And they, and they said they fired her. They they just told her straight up, like you shouldn't have said anything or what, what, what exactly that is unbelievable. I'm not sure what reason they gave for firing her. They didn't, they didn't say it was because she was related to me. What, like but she, they, she gave it, it was pretty noticeable or something like what, I don't understand. no, no <laughs> it was like she she didn't do anything extra she had just like recognized me and said something and i was like oh my gosh it's you wow. and one of the ladies is like oh how do you know her and she's like oh i'm her aunt and she's like oh, okay and i guess it kind of clicked that she probably shouldn't have said that oh geez that's sad i talked to a staff member he said he saw them split this kid's head open and he knew the kid from outside of the facility. And I think they did know about that. And, uh, he ended up getting fired. But the reason that they told him he got fired was because some kid spit on his shoe and he made the kid clean it off. It's like the kid, this kid gets mad at him, spits and there's a spit on his shoe. He's like, you're going to clean that off my shoe. So the, and he, and he told the kid to do it basically in like a, almost like a threatening manner, but the kid cleaned it off and that was the end of that. Well, they fire him for that. And they said, because it was threatening. I was like, I'm sorry. Didn't you just split that one kid's head open recently? Because I was about to say with all the abuse thing, like (laughs) how they treat everybody. Right. Exactly. They, they picked and choose who they liked, who they wanted and what they wanted. And what they wanted more than anything was to do things with impunity. And if there's anybody who sees somebody that they care about getting treated the way these people would treat us, they're not going to take it well. That's the bottom line. And that's what it was. I think they would just get rid of people who, who knew somebody, you know? 
And um, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing just – it was really sad. And some of the staff I, – I would even try to bond with some of them. You know, you want to – you want to create some sort of camaraderie. I mean, you're with these people all the time. You want to, you, you want things to be, I guess, kosher. You know, you want things to be cool. You, you, you they're your temporary family. You know, and it's just you just can never get there, though. You just can never get there. I mean, even if you had one good day where there there seemed like there'd be hope. It would just all come crashing down at at some point for something just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, I do. It's. I think the first time I'd ever actually had the restraint used on me was for something I didn't even do. Um, One of the girls had gotten mad at another girl for saying something to her while we were eating lunch and they had gotten on to us for talking because we weren't supposed to talk while we were eating and so she started throwing food and they basically one by one took us all out and threw us all on the ground in the roughest way possible because they all started throwing food <laughs> wait did you throw food no, I I really didn't. <laughs> I didn't. So most of the girls were throwing food, and then they just said, "Screw it, let's throw them all." Yeah, and what was weird was they did it one at a time. So like you knew you were fixing to get thrown across, <laughs> like thrown out of the little lunch area, the little building that they had the lunch in. Oh, like, you knew it was coming. Like you even if you were calm <laughs> down, you were sitting there. You had to wait your turn to get thrown. Just sitting there in anticipation. What were they? How were they throwing? Was it like two people would grab you, or how, was, how did they? How were they throwing? And was it boys or girls that were throwing you? It was. It was the female, the house mothers. Okay. So, so was it two of them per girl? It was. It was two. Just one from one house and one from another house. So, like, one gets the top, one gets the bo- one gets the legs, one gets, like, the torso, and they just kind of... No, they were grabbing... Or... They had grabbed under our arms, one on each side, and just, like, yanked us up out of our chair, no matter how oh. calm we were. And then just, like, threw us outside while the other one sat on us and waited for us to calm down. Like, we weren't calm and already freaking out that we were fixing to get thrown. Wow. Wait a second. Okay, so you had somebody sitting on you while you were waiting your turn to get thrown? No, you got somebody sitting on you after you got thrown. <sighs> oh, because you, in case you're pissed off that you got thrown, they they have somebody that's basically, was it like knee on the back or they're just literally sitting on you? They were just sitting on you. <laughs> this doesn't even sound real. <laughs> it's the most obnoxious stuff. I can't, I, oh my God. Every time I talk to somebody about this place, I hear the most obnoxious stories. It's unbelievable, the stuff that I hear. Like, anytime, anytime. And everybody can share a story. Everybody has a story of, oh, oh, you were at the Lord's Ranch or Trinity Behavioral Health? Oh, well. How was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Here's a story for you. I'm like, like, what? Okay, you were literally waiting in line to get thrown on the ground, and then the the, the lady would come and sit on you while they went to go retrieve another girl to throw. Yep. (laughs) And they'd only get off of you by the time the other girl got out there. 
And it's just because they didn't have enough people for everyone to be set on. Right. So how long did that normal? How long did they sit on you? Like thirty? Was it like thirty seconds, or did they take breaks, or how'd that work? It wasn't. It wasn't that long. It was just long enough for them to grab another girl out of the cafeteria and throw her outside on the ground. How many girls were? But thrown? it felt like forever. <laughs> there was two beds. Whenever I was there, there was two beds in each room, and every room was full. And there was three houses then. I know Sammy said there was only two when she was there. Was there five bedrooms or six? Uh, I want to say there was a lot. I want to say, I think there might have been six. Six? You're talking on maybe like 36 girls? There was there was a lot. That's a pretty good workout. <laughs> <laughs> to throw that many people. Yeah, to throw that many people. Jeez. Wow, that is commitment to being an, a complete asshole. Yeah. Wow. I know, I remember I used to think to myself, I remember every time we when we would get beaten up, when the guys would get beaten up by staff members, I used to think to myself, there's no way. I always thought the girls must have it so much better than us. I'm like, there's no way they're that they're as violent to the girls as they are to us. I'm like, there's no way. So I'd always think the girls had it better. And then I started finding out about the sexual abuse. Then I started finding out that there were some pretty intense violent situations. And then I started finding out about the little rooms that they would put you. I was like, wow, they had it horrible. They had it way worse than us. Like, nobody tried to sexually abuse me. Like, that's horrible. It's just, it's crazy to think about that. So I I always, I just, I don't know. I almost felt guilty for having just, presume that for so long but once i started talking to all the girls and i heard all these stories like oh well i saw this one girl or i heard this or i saw this and i'm like geez louise and you know it changed a lot of it changed over time it really depends on which generation you're talking to what actually happened like um for example, I was talking to a girl that was there in like the like 87 and she said she saw Ted sneaking around the mall with one of the residents. And I guess he was like in love with her and wanted to marry her. And um, so just hanging out with her. And the reason she saw her, them at the mall was because she uh, they would let her go to uh, college. So when she got out of her college courses, she would go over to the mall and hang out sometimes, even though she wasn't supposed to. Well, she saw Ted with this girl, and uh, and uh, anyways, uh, Ted was being a dick to her in the van one time, and she's like, she's like, I can't wait to tell Shirley. She's like, Yeah, mm-hmm. Hanging out at the mall with Sheila. I can't wait to tell Sheila, or I can't wait to tell Shirley about that. And then um, Ted got mad at her, grabbed her by her throat, slammed her against a pole, and started choking her, and. Like after they had parked the vehicles in the little carport, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like how how different it was back then, like as opposed to like there's just different generations. It's it's interesting to see how much it changed over time. Like they had the this one guy told me it was optional to go to chapel. I had another guy say, well, yeah, technically you could have an option, but you would have to go into like a metal shack or something if you didn't go. And then, See, we didn't even get an option. We we had to be there regardless. Yeah, that that was my experience too. I had to be there. Right. No I was what. I was sick throwing up, and they just put me in the back corner with a bucket. Oh, and told me I'd be fine. 
That is ridiculous. I had, uh, I remember I had an ear infection, a really bad ear infection. Like I would wake up and it, my ear had been leaking like on my pillow. And I, uh, I was walking outside and people were playing basketball. A basketball hits me in my head right on my ear where, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the infected ear and it just starts ringing and it, it was so painful. And I was like, I need to go to the, I just like, I couldn't hear anything. I just ran up to like one of the vans where the staff were sitting. And I was like, I have to see the doctor. I have to see the doctor. And they're like, okay, go ahead. And I went in and they let me like, I, I was just feverish and I had to sleep in one of those. Uh, remember that back room that was like, had green carpeting where they would take like violent kids and stuff like that inside of the school. I don't. It was, it was inside of the school. And uh, and they might have changed it uh, after I left. I, I don't know. But there was quiet rooms back there. So basically, they gave me a blanket and a pillow, and I just laid on the floor in one of the quiet rooms where they would basically throw kids in straight jackets. I slept in there and tried to get better. And then I got poison ivy or poison oak or something all over my face because I was from Alaska, and I had no idea what vines I was ripping off of this tree. And I, um, they gave me Benadryl and sent me to school and expected me to stay awake. So I'm like dosing off in class. And you got in trouble for it. Yeah. Well, the teacher, teacher like looks at me. He could see it was all over my face that I had this stuff all over my face. So like the one, there, there's one teacher, he, he was actually pretty receptive, but they still forced me to stay awake. I'm like, can I just go to bed? Can I just go sleep? Like I'm not gonna learn anything in this condition. I'm dying right now. Like, what do you? You put me full of medication, and then you <laughs> the, the medication that you normally knocks people out. Yeah, yeah. Like this is stuff that puts people to sleep. Like that you, you you've pretty much sedated me, and then told me to go learn. Like I can't do it. <laughs> you know. So I was like, what am I supposed to do to stay awake? I can't. I, you guys aren't giving me anything with caffeine. Like, what am I supposed to do here? I have no Did you ever actually see a real doctor while you were there? Like go to an actual doctor when you were sick? Uh, they had a doctor. The only doctor I saw was the doctor that was on site, Dr. Brown. That was the only doctor. And he actually gave me a shot in the ass whenever I uh, had the poison ivy. Because I was waiting for it to heal and it was all over my face and I just looked like a monster, which I didn't really care because I was at the Lord's Ranch. So, you know, whatever. I came to talk to the girls. But um, my mom was coming the next day and I was like, I don't want to look like this when my family comes to see me. Like they're coming down from Alaska. It's probably going to be the only visit I'll get from them. And uh, so they're like, well, we we can give you a shot. And that could probably clear it up. So, I, yeah, I got a shot in the ass from uh, Dr. Brown. And, um, yeah, he's the only uh, doctor that I saw. I was going to say, I never, we never got to see any actual doctors or anything. We, we never left the property. Was there a doc? There wasn't a doctor on site? No, I think there was, but we didn't see him unless, like, it was to deal with our medicine. Oh, I see. I see. The only, like, when we were sick, the house parent just dealt with us. Did they make you go to school when you were sick? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> yeah. so dumb. I'm like, can I just stay in bed? No. I don't know if they, they didn't send you that, like, if it was bad enough that you had a fever and they thought you were going to give it to everybody else. They didn't send you to, like, an. they didn't send me to an actual classroom. They sent me to the study room 
which I don't know if that might be the back room you were talking about, but it was just a big room with like a desk and desks and chairs. I'm trying to think study room. And they never like there wasn't an actual adult in there. They just come and check on you every so often to make sure you are doing your work. And they'd come, they'd like give you the whole packet of your work from all your classes at once. So when you walk inside of the school, to your, you're in the entryway. To your left is where everyone puts their shoes, and then you walk further into the school. And then if you hang, if you turn to your left. There's a hallway, and if you take another left on that hallway after you pass a classroom you would be heading towards the nurse's office, right? I'm just trying Did to... you only have one classroom there? No, we, we had multiple classrooms. Okay, I was going to say there was multiple there. Because to, the right, was... to the right was Miss Tammy's. To the left was, I can't remember his name. He, he, I think he taught, taught like social studies. And then across the hall, or looking straight ahead, was Mr. Drakeford, which he had passed away by the time you were there. And... um yeah, so I'm just trying. Know, to, I'm just trying to picture. I don't know what if room Steve Ivy was there whenever you were there. Yeah, Steve Ivy was there. Steve Ivy, I'm pretty sure it was Steve Ivy. He had glasses and he was bald, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the guy who woke me up. <laughs> he was really nice. He was actually. He used to be uh, one of my friends from outside that place. That's her grandpa. Yeah. Yeah, he woke me up, and he actually he actually did it in a kind way. It, it like even though it sucked that he woke me up, it was like I was annoyed, but he said it in a way like he was understanding that I was falling asleep. Like he wasn't just like you're so used to everything being your fault at that place that it would it's it was just nice for him to understand. Like, hey, I know you're having it a tough time, but you gotta you, you gotta stay awake, okay? I'm like, all right, all right, yeah, I'll try. And it's just like, I, that was so much better than the person just screaming at you or just talking down to you like you're just an idiot who can't do anything right. You sleep when you go home. You don't sleep at school, you know, or whatever, you know, like. And the school is so weird. Like, the way they had you be as silent as possible there. Yeah. I, I I couldn't, like, real school isn't like that. So whenever I went back to school, that bothered me how loud it was. Because I was so used to, at school, you know, you were supposed to be quiet. You weren't supposed to talk. That's why they had you take your shoes off. So you weren't making noise. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's so, yeah. I mean, the, the places are completely different. And you would always, yeah, I, I remember thinking to myself, I have too much freedom. I remember thinking that to myself. I can close my door. I can do anything in this room. I have way too much freedom or I go outside and nobody's watching me. I'm like, I have, I have too much freedom. What, how I remember I just, I just kept thinking to myself that I had way too much freedom. I'm like, and I remember thinking, no wonder people become criminals. Look at all the freedom we have. Like, we can, <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> we, can do we can do whatever we want. And I'm just sitting there thinking all this stuff. You know what I mean? Cause I was so used to just being under like constant lock and key eyes, just watching me, telling me to do this, do that, ask if I can go here, be there, you know, whatever. And I was just like, man, <laughs> it was just, it was the weirdest. It, it, it was just the weirdest feeling to have that kind of freedom again. It takes a while to adapt, though. It takes, and, and you know, a lot of people still suffer from PTSD. 
um, in different forms. Like I've been to I've been to two long term facilities, and the only one I still dream about is Dolores Ranch. I don't ever dream about the place I went to in Anchorage, Alaska, because they were a good they were a good facility. But I'll have a I guess you'd call them nightmares that I'm at uh, the Lord's Ranch again, and uh, and then at some point during the dream I realize I'm like wait I'm way too old to be here why the hell am I at the Lord's Ranch so I just like try to run away and they're like chasing me <laughs> I'm like no I'm too old for this I'm an adult now <laughs> yeah like I'm too old for this shit leave me alone <laughs> so no, I was just it it was so weird and I I don't I have. I have night terrors, but it's not like I really remember them. I just know that I have them. I haven't had them so much now that I'm an adult, but I had them really bad whenever I was there, um, and I would get in trouble for having them. You get in trouble for having night. What would Jack wake up screaming or something, and they get mad at you? Yeah, and that's your fault because I was being loud and waking up the other girls. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that was your intention, and you should definitely be punished for that. I did 100% on purpose. How dare you sleep and then wake up to be everyone being mad at you? <laughs> so that's pretty much what happens, right? Yeah. You don't know what happened. You, you just wake up and, you know, you, you made a loud noise or something, and then everyone's pissed, and you're like, what? It's like getting black. It wasn't, even, like, it wasn't even really waking up like that. Like every time I got put in the white room, it was because most of the time I was having night terrors and I'd get thrown in there from being dead asleep. And that was usually what woke me up. Oh, wow. So you'd have night terrors and they'd say it's getting too loud and they'd put you in there. Yeah. To keep me quiet. Wow. How many nights do you think you stayed in there? If you had to guess, like, was it just like maybe like three times, five times, 20? I stayed there. I didn't stay there all night, every night, but I was in there almost every single night up until I want to say either my fourth or fifth month when one girl got put in there while she was on her period and she had smeared blood everywhere and they didn't clean it off the wall. They kept it there for a few weeks. Oh, God. And after that, I did not want to be put back in that room. So I started sleeping on my stomach with my face buried in my pillow. So that way, if I did scream, I wasn't as loud. Jesus. I'm sure that was easy to breathe. I was terrified to be put in that room while it was like that. Because they, they really did not clean it. And they would throw girls in there while it was still like that. Oh, my gosh. And there's no telling what kind of diseases she has or, I mean... Ugh. I mean, exactly. And the fact that it was just, it's just, not, like, it's just not sanitary. It's just disgusting. It, yeah, it, it was, it was nasty. The and they just line. left it like it didn't bother anybody. Like, bitch, and the door is open during the day. The door was open during the day so you could smell it. Oh God. That is awful. I know I used to have to clean out the, uh, when I worked at Safeway, when I was a kid, they had those little tampon holder things in the, in the stalls for the girls bathrooms. And I had to empty those things out. And then they were nasty. And there was this lady with like three teeth telling me about it. Like she's giving me directions on how to take care of it. And she's like, and you'll notice the odor and blah, blah, blah. And and she, and, and I'm looking at her teeth and then I'm smelling the, all the mixture of tampons with flower scents and shit. And I'm just like, I was like, 
I was about to throw up. I was like, God, this sucks. Like, why is she the one telling me? Okay, I know. Get the bag. Take it out. Put another one in. Got it. Like, just please, let's just move on. So I don't have to continue to sit here and smell it. Yeah, just absorb this into my brain. Like, God almighty. Like what you would have had to do in that room. <laughs> if anything, they should have made that girl clean it up. Why didn't they make yeah, her clean Yeah, that's what... I have no idea why they didn't make her clean. Was I mean, was she, like she psychotic or something? Could she not communicate well enough for her to... No, I think... I'm. She talked well, and she was well-behaved other than that time that I saw her act like that. Yeah. And I think it was just because she was really upset, and, she, you know, people reach their breaking point. Sure. Even, you know, as even as children, even as teenagers, you know, you go through much as, you know, enough stuff, and you're going to lose it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It's kind of like when I always, I always tell my girlfriend, I'm like, people in relationships will do crazy things sometimes. That's why I always hate when people tell stories about, like, their exes and they say how crazy they are. Like, oh, oh, you have no idea how crazy this person – like, like they did this, this, this. I'm like, well, okay, what happened? Like, like I – Yeah, what I, was I, going on in their life during like, that time? Like, what were you doing? Yeah, and then the guy, I'm like, well, were you cheating on her? And he's like, well, yeah, but – I'm like, okay, well, that's going to make somebody do something a little crazy that hurt her feelings. Maybe she's going to be a little out of the ordinary because of that. I've been cheated on. I didn't act normal when I got cheated on. I did some stuff that sounds pretty fucking weird. That's just how it happens sometimes. But yeah, I, I always I always get tired of that. My uh my girlfriend now actually used to date my best friend and um they uh he cheated on her all the time. And uh you know, she she did some stuff that would Basically, if he would just tell that part of the story, it would make her sound completely psychotic. It's like, well, wait, what did you do? Oh, she treated you perfectly and you cheated on her every weekend? Yeah, I kind of see where she's coming from. So shut the fuck up. You know, and that's that's kind of how it is in a facility, too. I mean, they can make you seem like you're nuts, but I mean, people do reach their breaking points. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that whole... During the whole time I was there, yeah, we did, you know, there was a lot of the, I I wouldn't say, like, I don't know how the boys were necessarily, but I did see, you know, they loved using their strength technique on people. Like, it was, it was almost like it was a freaking holiday for them. Yeah. And they would talk about it at night when they thought we were all sleeping about who they got to do with what today. Like, oh, well, you got to, you you took this one down while well, I took two of them down and it, w- it was a competition almost, but m- it was more so about humiliating us whenever I was there. They loved to humiliate us, hu- humiliate us and separate us. And they loved pinning the girls against each other. What makes you say that? The way if they noticed that any of us were getting close, they would do things to try to push us away from the other girls. Mm. like I was really nice to I try to be really nice to everybody I don't I'm not I'm not a mean person at heart I can't but they tried to get it to where it seemed like I was basically just a little kid and I didn't need friends and it didn't matter that I was you know 13 14 they didn't care they wanted everybody to think that I wasn't all there I was you know they started making everybody 
they'd make me say what medicines I was taking and why I was taking them in front of everybody. I had to take them in front of everybody. You know, I had, they made me wear a Halloween costume to go to sleep and I wasn't allowed to sleep in anything else other than a Halloween costume. So it made it seem like I was actually not all there. They made, what was the costume? It was a, almost like, um, the Victorian style dresses that you can wear. So like the Renaissance dresses. How does one present that to you? Exactly. Like you're getting ready for bed and they say, Hey, you have to wear this when you go to sleep or what, what, how, how, how did that, how did, how did that come to be? They had actually, while I was at school, they had taken all my clothes out and they had had it put on the bed and they told me that that was my nighttime outfit until they decided it wasn't and that they had taken the rest of my pajamas away. And this was so all I had was blue jeans, t-shirts. They started doing it not long after they started putting me in the room for the nightmares. For nightmares. Whenever, whenever I stopped, around the time I had stopped going into the room because I was keeping myself quiet, they started doing that. Oh my god. So it wasn't like everybody wasn't already mad at me in the middle of the night because they were getting woken up anyway. Sure. Now they get to watch me walk around in this freaking Halloween costume. God almighty. That and they even let me so... take it home with me. That you what? They even let me take it home with me. Did you burn it? <laughs> I think my mom got rid of it. I didn't. I, I came home from school and it was gone. Yeah. God, that is... I mean, do they have any concept of what their job was? I mean, it's it's a treatment facility. You, they literally, it's like they thought it was like a hellhole. It's like an episode of like I don't know, Boy Meets World, where the kid. You ever watch Boy Meets World, where where the guys got to be the the prison guards and the other guys got to be the prisoners, and then the People that seemed like they were really nice, once they became prison guards, they got really rude. That's almost like how it feels with these people at the Lord's Ranch. Like, they get this little bit of power, and they just abuse it, and they use it in the most obnoxious ways. They made you sleep in one of those dresses. They threw you into a room with period blood smeared on the wall. They make you, they make you sleep in a quiet room because you have night terrors. Like, I don't know. Why don't you move a bed in there, you fucking idiots? Like, why would they just, you know what I mean? I mean, it, or if it's that's, if it's small, then maybe give you, a, a, I don't know, a room where the door can close or something like that. Or give you your own room where you're further away from people, where you're not waking up people. I mean, how many options are there? I mean, no, you're going to go sleep on the floor with the period blood wall. I mean, that's just, even just hearing about that pisses me off. I can't imagine how you felt living like that. It it was rough. It it bothered me. I had to get, you know, I had to go back into a long-term treatment facility just to get help for the things that had happened to me while I was there and I ended up staying in that other long-term facility for three and a half years. Oh wow. But I absolutely loved that place. It it wasn't bad at all. See, I went to another facility almost immediately after the ranch too, because I came out with just this like tendency for violence. I just had the not a ten- uh, propensity for violence. It messed me up, and I ended up going to another facility. And 
that did help because they would do night they would they would do nice things like they'd have like these nights where we do like break dancing competitions and none of us really knew how to dance really good but they would like teach us certain moves and we just kind of have fun and you know goof off and and uh and what was really cool about them is they listened to you and i just i i could never imagine the ranch doing that see i i and like I said, I went to another one too, and it was even a Christian facility, just like the Lord's Ranch was. And it honestly, I got so much more freedom. I went to an actual school. I graduated from an actual high school. You know, I got to go to prom. I got to go to dances. I got to go stay the night with friends if I was, you know, good enough. Wow. And That's whenever amazing. I turned 18, because I stayed in there till I graduated, not, I could have left whenever I turned 18. Because, you know, they didn't, once I turned 18, they no longer, I no longer had to stay there. But they let me stay until I graduated high school. And whenever I turned 18, they let me have a phone. And the only reason they don't let you have phones before, they used to allow it. But kids were, like, running off and taking off because they, you have so much more freedom at that place compared to, you know, Trinity. Right, right. And so, but it's not like... Like the phone calls I had there, I got two 30-minute phone calls twice a week. At the Lord's Ranch, I got one once a week for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, they would really cut it. And it used to be 15 minutes. They were like, I guess they cut it down shorter and shorter. Because they cut, I remember hearing that they had cut like five minutes off, so it was only 10 minutes. And so five minutes, that is just. <laughs> it's And it, at that, I wasn't even calling anybody after the first couple phone calls i had i just i stopped calling people because it wasn't worth it like it, you couldn't point? really say anything right you're not going to build any momentum in five minutes and it's like what are you going to say well i ate more crappy food today oh sorry they disconnected your call okay bye like, you know what i mean well, and if you if you said anything they would either yank the phone out of your hand and hang up or they'd unplug the jack on you yeah 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 if you if you complained at all i had to speak in code like everything had to be in code if I was going to complain about that place. Either that or I tried to be quiet and sit on like the far end and just try to not be next to the staff member. I mean, and half the time, the only time I got away with saying anything bad about the place is if I only answered in yes and no's over the phone. Yeah, yeah. They need to ask yes or no questions. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, they needed the my And my grandma was the only one that would care enough to like ask if i was okay or how i was doing or if the place was okay you know stuff like do we need to try to get you out and i'm like yeah please <laughs> like oh yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> get me out of here i can't say that but please do it <laughs> i'm dead i'm dead inside grandma get me out of this place <laughs> <laughs> and what was bad was um my grandma lived right down the road from the facility no kidding. She lives in she lives in Warm Springs. She lives in Warm Springs. Wow, I would have never guessed because it seemed like, it seemed like fifteen people live there. <laughs> it was it, like it seemed like the Lord's Ranch was like eighty percent of that town. It re- and she was she was at like when you first I don't know if you remember it or not, but when you went through Pocahontas to get to Warm Springs, mm-hmm. you'd go down the highway and there'd be like a little house here a little house there and then you'd go to where like there's a small group of houses before you get to the gravel road to go into trinity mm-hmm. my grandma was like just on the outside like right as soon as you went into warm springs so she was one of the houses that were like by itself 
I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember what it looked like back there. Because I remember there was like the emu farm. There was an emu farm. And if you hung on the left, you could go to the Andrew house and the Prince house. You keep going. And uh, between there and there, all I can think about is the Warm Springs Mini Mart before. And, and that's right across the street from Old old Burr. That little white Mini Mart that they had there. White Mini Mart. I think it was shut down. Um, might have been shut down by the time you got there. My grandma might know where it's at, but I probably don't. I didn't go. I didn't. I didn't go that far back into Warm Springs until I got sent to Trinity. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It was right across the road from Old Burr. So Old Burr was uh, the road that you, would, the dirt road you would turn on to on the main highway. Well, if, if right before you turn, if you looked over to your left, uh, there was like this little parking lot like it dips down like there's a kind of it's almost like a hill kind of goes down to its parking lot and there's this white uh kind of rundown building or at least there was i don't know if it's still there i i, I assume it is but i don't know because i remember yeah the ranch used to actually own that place and uh i would always do work there so I would go and I I found out they had a ton of expired cookies and candy and soda and stuff. So I started collecting all the expired stuff and asked if I could take it home and they let me. So I got to take it back to the house and, you know, I've never had issues with eating anything expired as long as it's not like milk or anything. So like an expired cookies, not going to bother me or an expired soda is not going to bother me. Yeah, so I would always just be like the the bringer of goodies to my house. Like, all right, guys, here's what we got. Look what I found. (laughs) I was like, sorry, I was clearing out those shelves, though. They were not selling those Pop-Tarts. They were ours. So, yeah, that that was nice. I don't know if y'all had, like, we had... It was called the store, but it was like a brick building and it was just one room and it wasn't that big. And you got to use your points to get stuff out of there. Where was the brick building? It was closer to the front, like the front of the property, the very beginning of the property. The beginning. So after like up by the big white house. Oh, okay. I don't think I ever went. I don't think I ever bought anything in there. I, I never got anything because it was it was and I was there for over, like a little over a year, like I told you, and I still even not using any of my points, I still did not have anything to get anything worthwhile. God. Wow! <laughs> I could get like pencils uh, all right, I that I wasn't allowed to keep a hold of. They had to stay at school. I know they gave us the stupidest prizes. I was like, I, I got a bunch of these like cheap little toys for Cinco de Mayo. Like we'd play games, and I get like these, you know, like those dumb games, like like paint, like paddle ball or something stupid like that. Like all these, just just the little games that I don't know. They give away at carnivals and stuff, and they're all really cheap and break easily. That was the kind of stuff you could win at their little Cinco de Mayo carnival. So I had like, I had so many of those toys. And my family came and visited me, and I gave it all to my little brother. You <laughs> take it. <laughs> he's like, he's like five years old, four or five years old, or something like that. And I'm like, here you go. And he's like, thanks. And uh, I think he enjoyed it about as much as I did. I doubt he hung on to it for very long. 
See, I remember my aunt had actually come and visited me once on visitation day and she brought pizza and I guess I wasn't, she wasn't supposed to bring food. I'm the one that got in trouble for that. Why wasn't she supposed to bring food? Apparently, unless we're eating in the cafeteria in the lunchroom, we're not supposed to eat unless we're like at the house in the kitchen. Like our parents aren't supposed to bring us food. We're, they're not supposed to bring us snacks or anything. We didn't, you know, the only place we were allowed to eat was where they could monitor us. Wow. That, I don't and know. after that, they told my aunt she couldn't visit me anymore. Really? They banned her from visiting you because she brought a pizza? Yep. Talk about a power trip. And what was weird was I was supposed to be getting help for an eating disorder. I was super underweight. Like I said before, I was small whenever I went in there. So the pizza would have been a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you want me to eat? What? The but f- you're getting mad that I'm eating. Yeah. Well, it needs to be under our conditions. Like, do you guys have to control every single facet of what I do? Like, I don't even have a door on my bathroom, you fucking weirdos. Like, Jesus. Oh, my God. I just, I, I find, I feel myself getting annoyed for you. Just thinking about being in your shoes. Because I remember when I was there and how frustrating it was and just, and, and just feeling so powerless. And knowing that these people were just so, this stuff, like the they just it just didn't make sense. None of it made sense. And yeah, it really didn't. Just like how they made us all shave in a circle. What? In the floor. You all had to shave in a circle on the floor. Yeah. So it was. We couldn't shave. It was from our kneecaps down and underneath our arms, and we had to do it. We had to wear sweatpants and a t and a tank top. And the sweatpants we had to be able to pull up above our knees so we could shave. And we all shared one bucket of hot water. Oh my god! So we could all shave. That wasn't the nastiest thing ever. Yeah, that's sanitary. And we eventually ended up getting that taken away because one of the girls stole a razor. So after that, everybody got to use Nair, and I couldn't use Nair because I had a chemical burn for it. They wouldn't let me use it anymore after that. Yeah, Nair sucks. That stuff will burn, man. <laughs> it was unpleasant. It, it I've hurt. Used, I've used Nair before. I won't lie. I'm a guy, but I used it once. I was like, ah! <laughs> it hurt. I had a really bad chemical burn that did not get treated at all. I had yeah. to just deal with it. Yep, yep, yep. That sounds about right. Well, you did it to yourself, or whatever they want to say, you know? <laughs> Nothing was ever their fault. It, no. it always somehow boiled down to it was your fault. Yeah. Well, you're the one who wanted to get rid of the hair. That's how they were, though. I remember uh, Gary Jackson was playing video games. He's sitting there. He's playing like NBA 2K or one of those, you know, one of the million basketball games they released on those gaming systems. And uh, I had a question for him. So I said, uh, excuse me, Gary, Mr. Gary, or however I said it, calm, polite, whatever. He pauses the game. He's so mad at me. He goes, what, Ryan? What? What couldn't wait? What couldn't wait? What do you need to ask me? And I just looked at him. I was just like. "Mm." Well, nothing now. I was like, (laughs) "Mm, never mind. Nice walk away. It's like, fuck this. It's like, what did I do wrong? 
I can't even remember what I was going to ask him, but like maybe if you guys didn't have so many fucking rules, I wouldn't have to ask you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like I'm just trying to keep myself out of trouble. <laughs> it was probably something stupid, like some rule they had where I had to ask in order to do what I wanted to do. What? What couldn't wait? Well, your stupid rules couldn't wait. Yeah. So, oh my see, God. that's so weird. We didn't have video games in the houses. We had TVs, but we didn't have any video games. In our house, we didn't play the video games. The staff did. We watched the kids' staff play video games. The kids never played. Oh, okay, that made sense. Yeah, I was gonna say we never, we never got to do that. (laughs) We never got to do that shit. They were, and we hardly got to use the TV. Yeah, they were. There was. I remember. Let's see. So we used the TV. We only used it when the staff wanted to use it. So like there was like the NBA finals, and there and the staff wanted to watch the games. So they would just be like enamored with the TV and you could just go do whatever you want. Like you could go like have a huge fist fight in the back of the house and they wouldn't know because they'd just be so hooked on the TV seeing if their team was going to win and because it it was the playoffs or whatever. And it was just, I mean, I'm like, these guys are getting paid to play video games. And then they yell at you when you remind them that they're at work by asking them a question. It's like, Jesus. I was like, I got to get out of this place. Always thought, you know, always thought the TV was the biggest waste of money they could have spent on that place because we, I, I think I only, we only ever like used it once or twice. The only time it came on was at night. The night staff used it while we were sleeping. You probably just put it in there. So parents back, Oh, they have a TV. That's nice. And there was like a ton of movie cases down there. Like they had movies in them. But we just were not allowed to use them. <laughs> just I think we got to. I think staff preoccupied. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure. I I only remember one time getting to watch movies, and it's because we got we got the best cleaned house for the week or something, some type of something that Ted decided to do because somebody was supposed to come and tour the place, so he wanted to make sure all the houses were clean. And so we got ice cream that night because we got the best cleaned house for the week. What the uh, heaping scoop of vanilla? Yes. Was it no really? It's just plain vanilla. Was it really <laughs> vanilla? Just plain vanilla. Oh my god! Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Did they even have any Absolutely toppings? Absolutely zero. No, no Hershey zero syrup. Toppings. You couldn't sprinkle peanuts no. on it. Nothing. <laughs> It was just plain vanilla, no so that way nobody could have an allergic reaction. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's people allergic to vanilla, but I'm not <laughs> going to say anything. Fucking all eat Legos. Jeez, of course it was vanilla. Of course it was. You couldn't and get I think we only flavors. got like, like I don't right? know, maybe get like some, like a, I don't know, just something like a rainbow sherbet and some moose trash. You can get some cheap stuff, whatever, just something with some flavor. But vanilla, <laughs> God almighty. I used to always eat moose tracks when I was a kid. Did you ever have that ice cream with the little miniature peanut butter cups in them and stuff? I didn't do moose tracks. I did cookie dough. Cookie dough. Cookie dough is good too. I do. I, I'm obsessed with cookies and cream still. Like anytime I get like a, I'll get like a or uh, make a flurry, or if I get like a blizzard, I'll get uh, Oreos and brownies in them. I like that. That's always pretty good. But uh, yeah, I cannot believe. It. Of course they did vanilla. They're they're they're, they're that pathetically predictable. And see, what was the worst part is we only got halfway through the movie before they turned it off and told us to go take a nap because they didn't even end up coming to our house. Wait, they what? 
the people that were supposed to tour the place oh, they didn't, didn't end they... up coming to our house. So they made us turn our movie off halfway through it and go in our bedroom for a nap. Because And we never somehow... got to finish the movie. So it, it, it's your fault that they didn't show up. So all the cleaning. No, they came. They came and toured the property. They just didn't come to our house. And the only reason we were watching TV was so that they could see us sitting around like a family. (laughs) And when that didn't happen, (laughs) we no longer had to watch. We no longer got to watch TV. So you're putting on a show for these people. Like you guys are just the most happiest, gleeful, like you're the Brady Bunch. And they're just eating our plain vanilla ice cream. (laughs) With your vanilla ice cream. Oh my God. Were you eating it? Was it like those? Was it was it those vanilla ice creams that you'd eat with like one of those wooden spoons that was attached to it? No, I'm surprised it wasn't. I'm honestly, <laughs> I really am. It was actual like tubs of vanilla ice cream. Well, at least they got that part right. Good for them. Jeez, were you able to scoop your own ice cream, or did they just like they? they, they no, were, they put it in the bowl for you. They limited it. How big was the bowl? It was those. It was just a regular cereal bowls. They had like those really small plastic bowls. That they use for our cereals for breakfast in the morning. So was it a decent amount of ice cream at least? No. No? <laughs> you got one scoop. Oh, God. That place. Jeez. You might have been better off with the wooden spoon ones at that rate. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I, think it, I think it was roughly the same amount. Jeez. God, that place. What a hellhole. Oh. And they just left the ice cream out overnight, so it melted. So that way, we didn't have an excuse to keep asking for it. <laughs> wait, wait, who left it out? The house parents did. They just left it, so nobody would ask for any more. Yeah, so that way it'd melt and it'd be bad. Wow, I feel like they're like sadistic. Like the ah. It just seems like they always have some sort of way to make things worse. You know anything, what I mean? Like, it, it's like, almost like anything you found pleasure in, they take away from you. Right. They're like, all right, how can we 180 this shit now? Oh, ice cream? Vanilla. Look, I used to write it's poetry and stuff, and I'd just leave it in my bedroom, and they ended up reading it. And they were like, oh, well, this is really depressing. You don't need to be writing this. And I was like, I'm just writing what I feel like. I don't I don't know how to express myself any other way. Like, if That's I'm happy, that, I'm going to write happy they stuff. They did that to me, too. They did that to me, too. I had to hide And my I had notebook. to write Bible verses for almost three weeks straight because I was writing poetry that offended them. Because I was depressed. How could they not? And it's write, not like they said, they not not wrap like they said anything bad. It? Can they not wrap their minds around why you would be depressed in an environment like that? Are they that stupid? Like, I just, I, like, how, I, how am I supposed to be happy I'm getting treated like crap? Like, oh, okay. Instead of writing about how depressed I am, I'm going to get really, I'm just going to get more depressed because I have to write Bible verses now. Talk about how old Noah was when he died and blah, 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 and all this other shit. Sweet. I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. You no, know, and. It wasn't just like it wasn't just normal Bible verses. Like you had to find a specific Bible verse that dealt with whatever you had to do or whatever you got in trouble for. And you had to just write it over and over and over again. And then you had to write an essay on why you had to write the Bible verses and what that Bible verse had to deal with why you got in trouble. So you wrote the Bible verse. You write an essay about the Bible verse and how it's applicable to what you're doing. And then you write what you did wrong. Yep. Wow. 
I, I'm literally just, I can just feel myself getting angry, picturing myself in your shoes. And you probably didn't even have shoes. <laughs> probably took those away. Too. I had boys tennis shoes. They gave me boys tennis shoes. <laughs> Why'd they give you boys tennis shoes? Because I came in with Ugg boots and they said I didn't need those because other girls would try to steal them from me because they were too nice. And so they took them from me and took me in the back of the building in the by the school where they had the storage room where they kept all the spare clothes for kids that didn't have any clothes. Yeah. And they got they made me pick out a pair of boys tennis shoes because they had no girl shoes back there. Wow. And they, I ended up picking out at least like brown pair. Were they a reasonable size? Like were they? Oh yeah, they fit. They fit. That's good. But that's only because they let me pick them out, so I could actually try them on to make sure they fit. Right, but they were somebody else's shoes, though, or were they? Brand they new? were like, no, they were definitely worn before. Oh my god! Of course they were. Like, and, yeah, like where's, where where's, my where, clothes where's came this from kid's? Too. Where's this kid's body? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you do to this one? Jeez. Like I didn't, I didn't get to keep any of my normal clothes. Like I think I got to keep one hoodie, and that's because my mom specifically like mentioned about how she was going to make sure I came home with it because I had had it for like years and she knew what it meant to me. And that's the only thing, other than like a shirt or two that was completely plain. Yeah. Most of my clothes got tossed. Like I did not get them back whenever I left. They couldn't find them, is what they said. I can just feel depression just like, you know, you, you ever see like a storm moving in where like the dark clouds are coming in? I feel like the dark clouds are like moving in on my brain right now the more you talk about this place. Like it just sounds so incredibly depressing there. And you had to do it for like over a year. No wonder you broke up with your boyfriend. You probably just wanted to get away from everybody. I mean, the only person I really talked to after I left was honestly my mom. And that's the only person, I, I guess, because she was an adult figure. I'm not really sure. It just, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't feel okay talking to anybody. I went through multiple different therapists because they didn't know what to do with me because I wouldn't talk to them either. Right. Yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta choose. You got to choose the right person. I know. I, I actually just had a situation. So my, uh, I, I do remote therapy. And, um, I always, uh, look up for the people that I, I get, I, you can choose your therapist. They show pictures of them. So I try to find the people that don't look like they could be stuck up. And, uh, but then I got my, my brother-in-law recommended this one place. I went to it just to try it out. He's like, you might like it. And you know, they're, they're actually pretty good. And this girl seemed so stuck up. Like she just hated talking to me and I just, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, there is no way I am going to stay with this person. This is horrible. So I got this. I'm working with I'm working with another lady right now who's much better. And she's calm. And I just feel like I can be open with her. And she's just she's going to be straightforward with me. She's going to tell me when I'm being stupid. But she's also, you know, she she's also going to be understanding, too, that we make mistakes. Whereas the other person, it just seems like they're just like almost rolling their eyes or something. And like when you say you did something wrong and it's just like, or they're just like, how can you be this way? You know what I mean? There are some people who just, you can't click with them. There's just not a connection there and you feel judged. And that's the last way you want to feel when you're going to therapy. Cause you don't, you won't open up. 
Yeah, you want you know you want to be able to feel safe to be able to talk about what you need to talk about. Right, that's the thing. You want to be a hundred percent candid with somebody because at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to you're trying to find a solution for your problems, and if you can't be a hundred percent honest with the person that you're talking to, then how are you going to solve those problems? And yeah, so it's always interesting when I try to find a when when I get a new therapist, but the one I have right now, I actually really like. The other one was really stuck up, and I canceled it immediately. See, and, like, trying to remember everything that happened at that place is just so weird because I guess I just blocked it out. It was, like, it was so hard trying to remember everything. Like, whenever you asked me last night, you know, kind of get everything down that, you know, had happened, any good or bad things. Sure. And, I was just sitting there and I'm like, man, all this stuff, I, I don't, I don't know how I forgot it. Like, well, I, I know it's, you don't want to remember something like that. You really don't. Yeah. And you're, you know, a lot of people, you know, your mind has a way of protecting itself from things that happen to you, True. especially as a, you know, as a teenager or as a child. Yeah. It, people say it's that rough. And, and until you experience it, you don't think it's real, but yeah, it is. Your mind will protect you from stuff. Now, I mean, I, I had a, I had a really bad car accident one time, and people were talking to me about how the car accident went and everything. And, uh, and there, uh, there was all these people that had come to help me out of the car and stuff, and they're telling me about it. Well, somebody, it was my ex girlfriend. Now, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, but uh, her stepdad died in the accident, and I have like. I don't remember a lot of what happened in that, in those moments. There are people telling me certain stories and there was a paramedic that came in and was talking to me about what I was talking about. And I'm like, I don't remember any of that. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that's not uncommon. You know, you just, your, your brain just probably blocked it out. It was a, it was a lot to take in that night. And I was like, huh, interesting. And I could see that happening at the ranch because the ranch, especially for somebody who's really young, that's going, that's a lot to take in. That place was, I mean, that place was, it was hell on earth. I mean, I felt like I was just, I felt, I felt like a homeschooled kid, you know? I just, I just felt like I was in this weird, I don't know, like I was, uh, like I was Amish or something. Like it just sucked. It's just Amish. It almost felt like a cult. People. Yeah, 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 like a cult. Kind of like a cult. Especially when you have You weren't staff, allowed to talk. Especially when you have staff members marrying residents and stuff like that. I don't know how I don't know when the last time that happened is, but that did happen on multiple occasions. See, I'm not sure if it happened. Uh, I don't think it happened whenever I was there cuz at that point the only time you talked to any type of mail was if it was during chapel or church or, you know, the doctor or the therapist. Right. Other than that, you, you're like, they stopped letting males be house parents for the women's unit. It was just females. Yeah. Well, that was a good idea because those males couldn't conduct themselves properly from what I understand. It's just, I heard some horrible stories. It was rough there. But I feel so much worse for the people that dealt with it, you know, before, because it sounds so much worse. It's, you know, it's interesting. I talked to this guy who was there in 2012, and he said the staff would incentivize them to attack kids that they didn't like. And 
he said that they so they would go to the these uh, areas where there were camera blind spots and uh he went up to they basically started beating up this kid behind the chapel and while he was face first in the concrete somebody stomped on the back of his head and broke four of his teeth out of his mouth blood goes everywhere and uh they never took him to a dentist or an orthodontist and i was just like good god like like yeah there was some stuff that was better in 2012 but i mean that place has been messed up in any number of ways since day one some things were better some things were worse i had a door on my bathroom for one you know what i mean like there's certain yeah. things like yeah there there might be things that improve for you guys but there are like things that got worse for you guys too. It's just these trade-offs. So I think like everybody, it was different for everybody. Like some things were better, some things were worse. I want to expose this place. And I think there are other people who want to expose this place too. And that's why they're talking. They're not necessarily, I mean, yes, it's a favor in a sense, right? But it's also us, we're helping people. You know what I mean? We're helping future generations. So the next time a kid says a staff member punched me in the face and they don't want to listen. Right. They don't like the people who don't want to believe him because the staff member looks like Superman and has perfect teeth and is holding a Bible and, or whatever, you know. And then you have this kid with, you know, Walmart clothes and homemade tattoos. And who are you going to believe? Oh, you're going to believe the you're going to believe the staff member. You know what I mean? And yeah, that, I mean, that's just how it is. It's really sad. So, yeah, that's why that's part of why I want to spread the awareness. And uh, and it pisses me off more than anything that they did it for five decades and got away with it. And I've had sleepless nights, too, after talking to a lot of you girls. Some of the stuff that you girls have gone through, like, I, I would lay in bed and I'd feel sick to my stomach. I just felt so bad. And just, like, some of the stuff that I would hear was just so horrifying. It was pretty rough, you know. Like I said, I've been in other mental facilities, so I know how, you know, what's acceptable and what's normal compared to how I got treated there. Yeah. That was not a normal treatment facility. It just wasn't. I don't even, they didn't even really treat me. No. They just drugged me so I was easier to deal with. Well, the, 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 it, yeah, the, it's not even treatment. It's just this like, it's just this money making scheme. And then they treat you like garbage and they piss you off enough to where you do something that they can document and say, see, he's still bad or she's still bad. They're still acting out. Right, right. You react to them being just completely awful to you. And then they document it and they say, yeah, this person still has problems. You know, that's kind of what it almost seemed like. Do I hear a kid yeah, back there? Just- yeah, my da- one of my daughters. How old is she? Ten months. Ten months. Sounds adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, Thank of you. course. She just wake up or something. Yeah, she was taking a nap. Uh, yeah, I know. I need to have a kid. My girlfriend wanted to have kids by the time she was thirty, and she turns thirty in October. And I'm like, eh. she wanted to be done having kids by the time she was thirty. And I'm like, oh man, I'm such a procrastinator. We need to make this happen. <laughs> uh, after after my last baby, I I'm done. I have five kids. I am 100 percent done. 
I grew up in a family with, uh, well, I have four biological siblings and then two step-siblings. So I, I, I was a five-kid family for a while. And then my step-siblings, they were a lot older than us or a lot older than me. So I only, only lived for them for just a little while. And then, yeah, everybody started moving out and spread. So, But, yeah, the goal for me is three kids. I was thinking maybe two girls, one boy, or, you know, two boys, one girl, something like that, you know. But if I get three of one, I'm going to be very upset. I got three boys, and I wanted at least one girl. I didn't want to have – I didn't want to have a whole bunch of kids at first. And then I ended up with one more girl. She was supposed to be a twin, and about six – Five or six months into my pregnancy, she absorbed her sister. Oh. And it's just that happens a lot of the times with how she was sitting and I've the fact that they were sharing um, the womb and they were sharing a sack and the way they were sitting together. She she decided I tell her I tell her all the, I tell my husband all the time that she just ate her sister that she decided she didn't want to share her parents. <laughs> I was like she must have been really disappointed when she came out and realized she had three older brothers. Like, okay, I and then now too. I just um I just recently like a week ago had my youngest daughter. Oh wow, a week ago? Yes. <laughs> wow, and you're already doing an interview. Jeez, Louise, look at you. <laughs> I guess after you survive the Lord's Ranch, you can survive anything, huh? Uh, but it, it was it was a rough birth. <laughs> it was rough. How? Uh, what was the weight? She was eight pounds three ounces. She was oh, my biggest baby. That's a big baby. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. And my epidural numbed everything from my belly button up, so I felt every bit of having her because it did not numb the right part of my body. Oh my! God. It didn't numb anything down. It numbed from my belly button up. How does that happen? Uh, they ended up, I guess, I'm not really sure. The only thing I can think of is the fact that whenever she put it in, she said that she had got in an old hole from one of my other epidurals. So I'm assuming it probably just went the wrong direction. Gosh, that is terrible. Did you ever like at any point go redo, redo? Uh, well, I was sitting there and I was range. like, I can, I can defend myself. I was like, I can feel this. And I kept telling that doctor, or I kept telling my nurses, because my, my OB wasn't in there yet. He was waiting until, you know, I was ready to push. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling the nurses, I was like, I can feel my legs. And they're like, oh, that happens sometimes. I was like, no, I've had, this is my fifth kid. This is the first time other than my second child, which I had in an ER that did not have a labor and delivery unit because he was two and a half months early. I can't feel my arms, legs. Feel I was like, I, I can't, on? I can't. <laughs> I can't feel my, like the skin on my stomach. I can't feel my face that well. My arms don't want to move. I was like, and my blood pressure keeps dropping. Like I was setting my, me and my daughter were both setting both alarms off for both of us. Cause every time I would have a contraction, my blood pressure would drop and her heart rate would stop. Oh my God. <laughs> and so terrifying. It, it was, and we ended up figuring out it's because she had a, her umbilical cord wrapped around herself twice and he and my doctor ended up getting it off before she came out. So oh, wow. that was good. She's perfectly fine. But it sounds like it was still horrendously painful. <laughs> it, it was, it was that. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I was screaming and they were like, Oh, you can't feel that. My OB actually looked at her. He said, if you say that again, you're going to have to get out of here because I know she can. Feel it. Yeah, she's <laughs> so not they don't scream like it. that. 
they don't scream like that when they can't when they you know when they can't feel anything right these aren't night terrors at the lord's ranch this is something <laughs> <laughs> this is real <laughs> <laughs> throw her in the quiet room <laughs> see and what was bad was they would do stuff there's placenta make on me the wall like, in the quiet room. <laughs> <laughs> they would make me, like, they would do stuff like make noises and make, like, walk by my door enough to make shadows appear. And they would, like, whisper and stuff to make me trigger having night terrors. Like, they would mess with me all night long to where I would have one. Really? And I eventually. How'd you figure out they up, were doing that? Well, I could. I was awake for part of it. So being awake. I knew that they were doing it. Oh, so you're laying there with your eyes closed. They think you're asleep, and then you hear them doing that, and you're like, you dipshit. Like, you, and you like I, I know you're there. I can see you. Right. And they would, like, stand in my door. They would turn – because usually they'd keep the kitchen light on because that wouldn't bother anybody while they were sleeping. Well, they'd turn off all the lights, and they'd try to come in my room and, like, just, like, make noises, and they'd, like, tap on the wall, and I'm like, I can see you. But it would <laughs> still mess with me enough that whenever I fall asleep, it'd trigger Wow. Did you ever bring it, it up? Did, so was it, wait, was it staff members or was it kids or both? It was the house parents. The so just the staff members. What is with them? They sound psychotic. And, you know, I eventually ended up freaking out so bad one night that while I was still sleeping, I started hitting my head on that wooden, I don't know if y'all's beds were like this, but they were like wooden, like they were just like a half a circle for the headboard and a half a circle for the footboard. But it was like a solid wood panel. I can't remember. I think it was just a, just a generic bunk bed. I don't remember anything. I'll say we didn't have bunk beds. We just had regular, just single beds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had bunk beds that were covered in graffiti. Yeah. We had just regular single beds and I had ended up hitting my head repeatedly against the headboard and busting open the back of my head. And they just glued it back together. Like it was nothing. Like didn't take me to a doctor. Didn't go and make sure I didn't have a concussion. Like Like crazy. I busted my head open in the middle of my sleep because I'm having a nightmare. And your, your best solution is to just glue it back together. Was it crazy glue? It was gorilla. It was gorilla glue. They used gorilla glue on the back of my head to glue my head back together. Wow. I don't figure it was the scar I have isn't that big. So it's not, it probably wasn't that big where it busted open, but it's the fact that they didn't take me to get looked at. Right. Yeah. Cause I know like in, I've, I've heard of like uh, in mixed martial arts, I've heard of fighters doing that before a fight, like they'll glue it. And then that way the doctors don't know that it's a cut. And, um, and then they're able to go into the fight. Cause if a doctor sees that a fighter's cut before they fight, uh, they won't let them go out there. So I've heard of them like super gluing it and then going out there and then it gets split open pretty early because, you know, the super glue is only going to hold it so well. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, so it's like a, I guess it's like a, it's like a cheat code to, to be able to make it to the cage and fight. But, um, see, yeah, I could but, even wash but, my but hair then, right afterwards. But for them to do that, like, really, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a doctor take a look at this like this. Seems kind of serious. Yeah. Not to mention any kind of head trauma. Like you really don't want to mess around with that. Like I know when I got in my car accident, I, I, I got knocked unconscious. They never gave me any like brain scans or anything like that. And I don't know how long I was out, but I definitely got knocked unconscious. What I think happened, because my chin was full of glass, I, sl- I think I, I slammed my chin against the window and 
Uh, that knocks me unconscious, and then like the doctor had to like pick glass out from it. And, yeah, it was terrible. But uh, yeah, never got a brain scan, so that was kind of weird. But uh, that wasn't the Lord's Ranch. That was just uh, Alaska being Alaska, I guess. <laughs> it was just like I said. It's like trying to remember it is like a fever dream. It's almost like even even though I went through it, I can't believe that it happened. Yeah. I know. I know. Just, I agree. I mean, same for me. I mean, half the stuff that I think about that I went through when I was there, I'm just like, I can't believe I had to put up with that. Like, I just can't believe I had to live that way. And there was, I can't like, believe it was real. Yeah. Like, there's, there, there are places like that that are out there. They're still out there. Even if that place, it never opens up again and it's just completely gone and it's just some muddy, crappy looking property. It's still there's other places. There's other places. Yeah, exactly. There, it's still happening. So, and it still happened. That's the other thing, you know. So, and well, it happened for so long. Yeah, yeah, nearly five decades, and nobody got prosecuted for the kind of abuse that they were doing. I mean that that's crazy to me. Like I could, I mean, there is a laundry list of illegal things they did while I was there. Like I could, if I sat there and actually thought about it, every illegal thing that I witnessed, and there was no statute of limitations, a lot of those staff members would go to prison for years, years upon years upon years. On they might even spend the rest of their lives in prisons. Yeah, I mean, and the things they did to us. Say, say they went home and did that to their family. They would absolutely go to jail. They would get their kids taken. They would go to jail. Yeah. Or if they just did that shit to like where they were mocking you when you're trying to sleep, they did that to their family. Their family's like, dude, what the hell's your problem? Knock it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you can't do that because they can go attack you for saying knock it off. Like I'm already laying down. I don't want to get flung across my room from my bed. Right, or jump on top of you and just start choking you or whatever. Yeah, I get it. It's horrible. Well, I appreciate you chatting with me. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of in a somber mood after hearing about all the stuff you went through. That sounds terrible. But it sounds like you have a good daughter there, and at least you have that to smile about, and you don't ever have to deal with those people ever again. And now it's our turn to get ours. It's our turn. So just remember that. And... uh Again, I just wanted to thank you for us uh, taking the time to talk to me. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It, it was nice to finally talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is nice, right? It's nice to kind of just put it out there, especially to somebody who can relate. I mean, you were on the girl's side. I was on the guy's side. We were there at different times, but we both know the place sucked, and we all have, we have our individual stories about it, you know? And uh, it, it is nice to be able to open up with somebody and – Somebody who gets it, I guess. You know. Somebody that, you know, believes you and doesn't think you're lying about it. Right, yeah. You're not just making up. Like, no, I 100% believe you. I promise. I there's, I tell people, I'm like, nothing sounds too crazy to me with that place. I promise you. If you think I won't believe you, I probably will. So just go ahead and tell me. Because I've seen some shit, too. 
But yeah, all right. Well, hey, you have a good uh, rest of your day. I'm going to go downstairs and play with my dogs or something. Uh, watch some TV. I don't know. Relax a little bit. All right. Well, it was nice talking to you. You have a great day. You have a great afternoon. Yeah, you too. Likewise. It's great talking to you. I'll see you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. If you or a friend have had a personal experience with the Lord's Ranch slash Trinity Behavioral Health or have any tips concerning the facility, please feel free to reach out to us by messaging us on our Facebook. You can find us at the account named What Really Happened at the Lord's Ranch. We'd like to thank each and every one of our listeners for finally giving us a chance to tell our side of the story without being called liars, except for people with fake accounts. Thank you. We'd like to thank Justin Andrus Sr., a.k.a. Crew L.A., Black Tuba, for all the music he made on this podcast. He's talented, so if you want to reach out to him, we'll put a link to his social media in the description box. We'd also like to thank Gnostic Concepts for their original artwork and animations. Their commissions page is open to an array of requests, ranging from original character concepts to detailed wide-scale scenery. So if you're interested in receiving a service from them, a link to their social media will be provided in the description box as well. For everybody who took time out of their day to help make this podcast a reality, we want to thank all of you. Without each and every one of you, none of this would be possible. Let justice be served, though the heavens may fall. It's never too late to right another wrong. We'd also like to dedicate this podcast to Deanna Fields. Rest easy, D. You'll always be missed and never be forgotten.